and welcome to the second episode of Okay, Now What? All right, uh, today we have Jason and Thomas and Greg. <laughs> so um, let's just get on with it because it was a crazy week. So Reddit users are trying to eat the rich and we're, have, we're, ha we're really happy. You know, um, they ended up uh, manipulating... Um, GameStop start, uh, stock when, um, what are they called? Hedge, hedge fund? Um, sellers were trying to basically uh, bet against GameStop and they took advantage and the stock, the price of that just went up. It was craziness. Um, Jason, what is your take on this situation? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is I bought stonks. <laughs> <laughs> I bought, I, I said, you know what, I, I, I threw $90 towards um, uh, AMC and Nokia and Bed Bath and & Beyond because those are the ones that were uh, floated out there as, as the, the next, um, you know, good head. The next GameStop? Yeah, the next, essentially the next GameStop, um, you know, and so I, I want to be clear that it, it you know, this what happens with hedge funds is that they essentially mm -hmm. take a business that they have decided is no longer worth investing in, but they own stock in it and they try and drive down the price of the stock. Uh, and, and they, this is one of those, they want to kill the company, you know, parcel it out. Mm -hmm. However um, that happens as it's happened so many times in the past. I mean, that's just what uh, hedge funds do to make their money. Um, and so the, the, the Redditors, uh, 2 million of them, I, I hear are on that uh, particular uh, Wall Street page um, decided to band together and not let it happen, and not mm. necessarily in defense of GameStop, uh, stop um, as a company, uh, but you know, really to put the um, hedge funds on notice that mm. uh, they they take they take part in market manipulation, um, and uh, you know, there there has been talk about. Um, whether the Robinhood situation where the, the Robinhood app that is an investor app, uh, they, they essentially, uh, knowing what was going on, they decided to throttle these purchases. Yeah. Well, I was able to, through Cash App, buy the purchase, the, the stocks that I wanted. I didn't buy in, into GameStop, but mm -hmm. uh, stop. Um, but Robinhood was throttling purchases. And so a lot of people have uh, wanted to see if they can class action lawsuit them for again market manipulation i don't think that that's yeah. going to go anywhere because uh what i have read is in the contract when you use the robin hood app it actually if you read the fine print it allows them to do this kind of thing if they wow. feel it's necessary to do so mm -hmm. so people who well, think that they're going to uh um be able to sue robin hood over uh -huh. this um or not, but you see, you see the, you see the market panic. You see politicians panic. Mm -hmm. You see how fragile the whole thing is, and you also see how the the health again, the health of the stock market. These people are coming out with this message, yeah. you know, all of a sudden that the health of the stock market is not necessarily the health of the economy, right? Oh, oh that well, is so you, true. that's not how you mm -hmm. sell it usually. You know, usually, usually you sell it that we're in a great economy because the stock market is doing great. Now we you realize that. That is not the case. So, so a lot of really market fraud has been exposed, mm -hmm. and I'm here for the little guy. You know, I'm here to take down billionaires. I tweeted out destabilize billionaires now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so I think I think it's fun. 
I don't even care what's happening with that $90 I put in, you know, <laughs> if I can contribute that, that to, towards um, this effort to, um, you know, really, really put the wealthy on notice that I'm yeah. fine with. Hell yeah. And we'll get into the Robin Hood in just a second. Okay. But Thomas, go ahead uh, and tell me your your take on this as well. Well, I, you know, you go back to 2008 uh -huh. and you understand what happened during that crash. Um, it was a, a multitude of factors, but basically uh, some hedge funds and uh, some big players in the game shorted the housing market. Right. And so um, shorting, shorting anything is basically suggesting that uh, you're going to buy it at a lower. You're, you're betting that the, the price of that commodity will go down. And how is that um, even legal? Well, it, it, fundamentally, what, what you're betting is it fails. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happened in 2008. They didn't want it to be true. But a lot of these people, uh, people like Michael Burry, who 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 famously was in the Big Short film, um, uh, real real life guy who betted, who knew, saw this coming, saw this coming, and bet mm -hmm. and shorted the housing market, and the banks thought he was an idiot, but he saw it coming. In fact, it, it came out, uh, I think it was yesterday, that he uh, bet long on GameStop, so he's got that right too. But I mean, <laughs> well, uh, and, and I think Thomas, I, I think it's important to know that the reason people were able to do that is because they knew that um, those housing securities were were highly uh, highly inflated. You know, they fraud. knew that they were not good securities, yeah. um, and so that they were they were able yeah. to get in on this betting of failure. But yeah, exactly, and you know, this time, um, bunch of Reddit dudes. Realize that 140% of uh, GameStop stock was shorted more than what more than the shares that are even out there. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know who works at that hedge fund at Melvin, but to put Not yourself very many in a, people anymore <laughs> to, put, to put yourself in a position where you've you know you've 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 left yourself to such exposure. Because you know, to hundred to short something at one hundred and forty percent, that is more than any of the shares that are even out there. And so, someone could, if someone like, well, they just did it. They worked out mm -hmm. that if they just, if they just got a load of people to buy to inflate the price of the stock, um, you know, you're going to put Melvin out of business. Yeah. So, I think um, it just shows uh, that. Uh, I mean, I tweeted this out. A few days ago, but the stock market is a casino. It's yeah, not. It's, legal it's gambling. not. It's, been. it's just legal gambling. It's just a whole mm -hmm. bunch of you know. It's it has no relative. Uh, it has no um, similarity with real life. Yeah. You know, it's not. There's nothing that suggests that it has any sort of comparable factor to what's actually going on in real terms. Yeah. To well, the stock market. I, but. You know, I want to I want to push back a little bit on that because, you know, the reality is a lot of people's retirement. This is the only thing that I feel yeah. like is, you know, you know, a lot of people's 
uh, lost their asses uh, in 2008 because their retirements were tapped up, at ta um, uh, yeah. tied up in these failing securities. And honestly, it's the same thing with these hedge funds. And if the hedge fund goes, a lot of regular people are going down with it. Also, I mean, you're taking down the billionaires, but but a lot of other people um, who and and so hopefully uh, people have. This is why you have a diverse portfolio if you're going to do this. Um, so hopefully that part of the hedge fund itself that goes down doesn't impact, um, you know, your average, in, you know, day investor, person who's got their retirement in. Like, you know, well, I was a teacher for almost 20 years. I just got a part of my check that got taken out, got put into a managed fund, which I know goes into uh, some hedge funds. I don't do, yeah. have anything to do with it. I don't, you know. But if that all crashes out, then I lose money just as a, as a worker also. So this it's not that this doesn't pose any danger to some average workers, but it really does expose, um, you know, how mm -hmm. manipulatable the market is. And also with the panic that is ensuing afterwards, you see that the rules are written for the already wealthy to succeed and the little guy to always always lose, you know, in, on, on balance. Exploit yeah. on average folks who do end up going into the stock market. You know, yeah. yeah, if a billionaire loses money, it's no big deal. But if an average uh, average Joe or Jane uh, goes into the stock market, they're going to lose more than you know the wealthy. You know, yeah. so I was just going to. Just going to make the point that um, uh, tying uh, retirement funds to the stock market is absolutely absurd. Exactly, absolutely, that absolutely. is ridiculous. And, and you knew, and you knew that fix was in back when Reagan started pushing that. You know, yeah. I think when it that was when four hundred one k started getting pushed instead of mm -hmm. pensions. They started cutting pensions um, and 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 having people invest in four hundred one k's. You know, that was just mm -hmm. you know essentially legal manipulation of the retirement funds of yeah. working class right there mm -hmm. now i want to go ahead and um share this real quick so long story okay so we mentioned robin hood and motherhood um i mean motherhood motherboard uh ended up tweeting out that more than half of all robin hood users own at least some game stock stock and now they're unable to freely trade it the app is only allowing users to close out their positions now aoc um tweeted out this is unacceptable we need to know more about robin hood's decision to block retail investors from uh purchasing stock while hedge funds are freely able to trade the stock as they see fit now, uh, as a member of financial services committee, I'd support a hearing if necessary. Now, this fool <laughs> tweets out fully agree. I love her clapback. I'm happy to work with Republicans on this issue when there's common ground, but you almost had me murdered three weeks ago. So you can sit this one out. Happy to work with almost any GOP that aren't trying to kill me or get me killed. In the meantime, if you want to help, you can resign. I bet you oh said it literally exactly like that. But, oh my God, that um, is the most uh, that is the most glorious thing I've read all day. I had beautiful, no beautiful. Woo! Because I'm go sick of it. Right Why the hell do we have mother effers like this dude? I really hope I'm allowed to say that. Um, 
and not get demonetized. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, people like him are still in office. You incited treason. In the Civil War, 11 senators were, were expelled from the Senate because they refused the results of the election. Why is he still in office? Why are the 140 people um, who went on with this lie are still in office? It's ridiculous. I, and I, I can love tell you her why. response. I, I can tell you why. Um, it is because people in office, like the guy that I am challenging, Rick Larson in Washington's 2nd mm -hmm. Congressional District, have said publicly they don't think it's worth pursuing that. You'd have to do, he literally said, you'd have to do all kinds of investigation. And so what do you want? Do you want us to pass bills for the environment or do you want us to go after Republicans? And I'm like, dude, mm -hmm. you can do both. <laughs> you know? I know. Imagine <laughs> but, that multitasking. But it is, it is the decorum principle of the establishment Democrats that is preventing movement on Cori Bush's HR 25. That's really mm -hmm. what it is. They're, they're like, oh, we don't, let's just get on. It's like Obama said in 2008, we're looking forward. We're not looking behind. Oh, so we're just going to let all the George Bush war criminals go. Mm -hmm. We're looking at exactly the same attitude. Yeah. It's going to play out the same way. California um, had eased its COVID restrictions. Gavin Newsom went ahead and did that. And there's also uh, some talks of schools being reopened within, within the next week. People are saying that science backs it out, but I, I, I just want to go ahead and start by saying no. No. We are not reopening schools. Most people live in a multi-generational household, which would affect um, you know, people who are at risk. It would deeply affect um, communities of color who are already suffering um, from this virus. But one of you jump in. I'm just... Ugh. Well, I, I did a thread on this a while ago uh, because I saw what my home country did mm -hmm. and it was absolutely devastating. It's one of the reasons why the UK has the highest death rate in the world. Um, it's because they were adamant on keeping schools open. Um, I'm, um, so Adam Handy on Twitter did a thread and I, and I sort of uh, retweeted that thread and did my own sort of thread on it. And basically he was saying, he, he, he reported that the result of schools staying open UK meant that, it, that the schools experienced four times um, uh, COVID prevalence compared to the general population, nearly 333% wow. of the general population. And it became sort of like a breeding ground for COVID. And the reality is that, of course it would, because, you know, young kids, um, and no, for no fault of their own, uh, are not going to be able to understand, like, I need to wear a mask constantly, I need to wash my hands constantly, I need to, you know, they might not necessarily get sick themselves, but the reality is they're going to bring that home. And they're going to bring it into households, they're going to get it onto teachers, they're going to make a lot of people sick. Um, and I think, you know, uh, Israel did the same thing. Uh, they tried to keep schools open um, at a time uh, where you had massive, uh, you had a, a large death rate, a large uh, transmission rate, and you just had a lot of COVID prevalence. Yeah. And it just, it caused so many, too many problems. Um, I think, I think 
reopening within 100 days in the current state of the pandemic is negligent. It's it's going to backfire, and I think for a lot of these people, it's just about the um, it's just about the press saying, "Hey, this administration got schools back open," you know, and it's it's not no, it's gonna it's gonna cause too many issues. We already have so many issues with the pandemic, um, and it's gonna exacerbate it, it massively. <clears throat> you, you're on mute. Yeah, Jason, go ahead. You're a parent. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a parent. I got um, I got uh, three teens in the household, um, and I'll tell you what, it's tough. I mean, we're we're quarantining as much as humanly possible. I mean, I really don't go out of my house uh, other than do grocery shopping. Still, um, yeah. Washington State is moving into phase two on Monday in my county uh, and the two counties. So. Uh, just the geography, King County is Seattle, I'm the county north, and then the county south. Those are the three most populous counties in the state. Also, the highest rates of infection in the state. I mean, we're still pushing like 25% here uh, in Snohomish County. And we're moving into phase two in these three counties because business owners are demanding it. Now, I went to the chiropractor uh, the other day, a new chiropractor, and he starts talking to me. didn't know what my politics were, but he was talking to me about how awful it was that the government, like the worst, this is the worst thing the government has done and whatever. Okay, well, I'm not going to see you anymore. But, um, you know, but this is, I think this is pushed by business. But the reason it's pushed by business is because the federal government has not adequately supported small businesses. Mm-hmm. It has not adequately supported yeah. working families. So yeah. everybody is stressed out of this. Listen, where are our checks? You know, mm-hmm. we still have not gotten our damn checks. January um, 29th, and, we're and, recording and so, on that date. So it is understandable. It is understandable that there is this, like, you know, the guy who's a chiropractor is like, this is my business is people, you know, mm-hmm. and you're killing my business. So even though I disagree with his position, I understand where it's coming from. Get that guy his goddamn no. small business checks no. and make no. sure that he is okay with saying, I can put my business on practice and not lose it or lose my house or whatever. That's yeah. what people are looking for. Um, but no, I mean, they do these giant corporate bailouts and and are not supporting the working class. And it is hard. My teams were athletes, are athletes, soccer athletes, wrestling. Wrestling is obviously canceled. My okay. son has lost two seasons of wrestling now. You know, it is hard on these kids. Yeah. And as a parent, I am struggling knowing that my kids are losing out on a the normalcy of their childhood. And yet we have to look for to the future. This is where we have to say, okay, is it worse now? Is it how much worse is it going to be if I mean just think back to the start of these this this pandemic? And if we had taken the first three months and done the right things with shutdown, we wouldn't Mm -hmm. be here right now. If we had done the right thing with shutdowns and financial support for people, we probably would not be here right now. So I'm in school right now. Yeah, I I mean, the Biden administration, if they're doing this because they want to have a feather in their cap, it is going to backfire horribly. Uh, I don't want to send my kids to school. Um, You know, my wife uh, uh, does, um, she is uh, in school for radiation therapy. She works with cancer patients. She's had a vaccine right now, but she can't get this thing. Her program is over. She can't do her work 
anymore no. if she catches this thing and can't go do her her, her clinic work i mean it has far-reaching consequences mm -hmm. and it's terrible for everybody but you know we just have to suck this thing up and get people their financial supports it's not like this government can't afford it god knows we yeah. just dropped 740 billion dollars on the war machine amen yeah. uh, all right everyone now let's go ahead and welcome jen perelman from florida Hi. 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 Welcome to Okay Now What? How are you doing, Jen? I am good. How are you? Oh, well, we're all doing great. Here in California, we're experiencing some rain. Uh, so we're, we're, we're doing that. I don't know how the weather is in Washington, Jason, but um, it's it's been rainy today. Yes. Oh, okay. You know. <laughs> well, um, nothing can grow without rain. You're all Pacific, though, right? You're all yeah. West. We're all West Coasters. <laughs> I always forget. Like I always forget that 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 happens. But yeah. But it rains <laughs> out here. No, that we have the three that whenever I've booked with Greg a time, like I don't always remember that you're Pacific time. So that's why, like, yeah. oh, 8 30, 8 30, I'm there. I'm, you know, whatever. I'm like, oh, it's all good. And I'm like, oh, no, 11 30. I know. 11 30. And that's almost hitting my bedtime. So thank you for being with us. So um, we wanted to, you know, just have a regular discussion. But um, you, I uh, have started a podcast uh, with your husband. No, Jen, that's uh, not my husband. You thought that was my husband? Yes. Oh, my God. He's not. <laughs> I'm so dumb. <laughs> I. Uh, you know what? It's the chemistry. It is literally, you guys have he's, real good podcasts. I say he's, he's my work husband. Oh, he's okay. my work husband. See, you guys do. He's you guys my do business such partner. a good job together. Absolutely. Partner. You really okay. do. Okay. Well, we we started working together um, a little more than two years ago. Mm. Actually, he and I sort of decided to that when I decided to run, it was basically both of us. Like it was uh -huh. always a joint effort. It was always a partnership, and so we we've just been partners this whole time. I love that. Yeah. See, people need work wives and husbands. I love that. But you started a podcast called Generational Change. Uh, and go ahead and tell us a, a little bit about it, what you've done so far and wh when you air so everyone can watch. Yeah. So we, you know, coming off of our campaign, I mean, Jason, you know, this, um, you, you have a platform, like, you know, there's, there's followers, there's, there's, you have a platform. So, mm -hmm. you know, it would, it was silly to waste it. And we had our volunteers locally that wanted to still be doing service. So, we kept our local service organization going, which is our, like, that's sort of the umbrella, that's GenCorp, and that's our organization that does things locally. Um, although we have sent, we do send volunteers to help other people, like um, we did send people up to Iowa for Bernie, and I mean, like, we, we, oh, wow. we have different teams, but um, that was our group, and then I'm like, you know what, so we just came up with this idea to do this podcast, and just... Our mission is to transform politics into service. So it's sort of, it's like generational change is the podcast sort of media arm of our service organization, mm -hmm. essentially, is what it is. And, you know, we, we have fun with it. We'll always have a bootlicker of the week. Mm -hmm. um, we have a change maker of the week. It's, it's, and we're nonpartisan. That's the other thing. So we will be a platform for any 
you know, candidate or, you know, official that is speaking for their constituents or not taking corporate money or whatever it is. So we're just wanting to give a platform to the people that are being deplatformed and ghosted by every other platform. So that's what we're, that's what we're about. And I get some really interesting interviews. I actually just did a live stream with Vosh today. Saw it. I I saw that you were doing that. Yeah. It was. Okay. So we doubled our subscribers in an hour. Oh, wow. That's so great. Yeah. So that's, that's what we're doing. We're just, you know, educating. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to do things like um, I'll be reading a book, like the author, see if I can get an interview, just trying to have interesting Mm -hmm. people on educating about issues like universal basic income, modern monetary theory. Um, And then we could be talking with anything. Like I had an interview with a professional wrestler, Matt Seidel, um, also known as Evan Bourne and I don't follow wrestling um but he was very he's very pro Medicare for all so we had connected and he got me with this huge desire that we need to completely unionize the professional wrestlers um oh yeah well you've seen the you've seen the Mickey Rourke movie from way back right yes yeah Yeah, it's horrible those guys get wrecked and they have no health insurance they have nothing on the street oh my gosh I didn't even know anything about this yeah Yeah. Yeah. see I didn't really either but not only that but like because you think of the big name people that are the big money people and maybe there's a few of them you know that are like your Tom Brady's right like there's a few of those people but for the most part these are people that are busting ass driving their own cars they don't get compensated for transportation to get to and from events like Uh it's ridiculous and And because they don't have good health care they get they get hooked on opioids a lot and they can get they can get wrecked on the opioids yeah huge Um, addiction issues Hmm. yeah that's insane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, like, so we have interesting conversations that you aren't necessarily the typical political conversation. Mm-hmm. And yet we could bring it back to, and if we had accurate representation, then these things wouldn't be happening. Wow. Um, yeah, we're going right. to start a field series. I just hired, I'm excited to say hired. We have no money, by the way. The only reason <laughs> I say I'm paying this person is because she's doing it as an intern. And so I'm paying her in college credit. Um, because we're an official organization, so I could do that. So I'm excited. So we have somebody. Oh, I can that's pay. great. Right. So she is, we're going to start doing a field series um, going around and meeting with different unions, our local unions. When I was running, we did this tour. I don't know if you did these, Jason. Like I went out and met with the iron workers and I did a tour of their training area. Like where they, it was really cool. Like mock girders and stuff where they hoist them up and they do stuff like you would be on a skyscraper and just really cool stuff. And so I like this idea of, you know, really reaching out to labor that we as a right to work state, it's horrible here. And, and, and that's such a good thing because, you know, uh, labor, the, the bosses, they tend to f- gravitate to power, uh, oh, yeah. es- especially if the incumbent has been there for a long time. Like, you know, you with uh, Debbie and me with my guy Rick up here. I mean, he was yeah. a 20-year mm-hmm. incumbent and has built a long relationship. Even though he is not good for unions, they still feel like they need to gravitate yep. to that power yeah. and support the people. So I mean, they wouldn't even platform, give me a screening. Yeah, See, this well, is a I thing. wasn't gonna. Like, I wasn't, you didn't get I wasn't one either. Gonna bother. I no, I did. I got. Um, I got interviewed by our local uh, uh, 
uh, bi-county um, labor, labor council. Um, and it was very good conversation. A lot of people liked me. They liked my ideas. They didn't like MMT because, you know, the chair of the labor council was going, well, what about inflation? And I was like, let's talk about that. So they weren't really listening. And, and mm -hmm. but they were, they were never going to vote for me, but it was good for me to get that, that kind of exposure and say, look, I am the candidate with the labor platform, just so yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, here it's, we have one person. His name is Dan Reynolds. I call him out whenever I can. He is the head of our AFL-CIO in Broward. And he and Debbie have been together for years. Um, they are buddies, they're friends. He didn't even give me a screening, which is a violation of his own bylaws. And what's interesting oh. is, so all of the locals, um, the iron workers were the only ones that would step out against him and endorse us. Um, the rest of them, we would meet with them, we firefighters, um, the um, the electricians, the the longshoremen. So we would go and meet with them, and uh, they would say, "Yeah, we'd love to support you, but Dan Reynolds." And wow. so we, yep. with all How the locals, goes. they loved us. And so I wasn't even, and because of COVID, they weren't even having opportunity. There were no opportunities to really meet with rank and file anyway. Yep. So, but you can't get past that one barrier. We have to, you know, I, I kind of want to stage a labor, like an insurgency here and like have them rise up from the low because the rank and file don't even know that there's an option. Like they don't even know. No. Most of them have no idea. Well, well here I'm, locally, oh. Bo Boeing, uh, you know, Larson has been in the pocket of Boeing forever. Boeing's our, our big industry here in Northwest Washington, the Sound. And Boeing, as much of, of, of tax money that we have thrown at them uh, to keep them from uh, uh, keeping their jobs here, they're still taking the uh, the jobs and moving them to South Carolina because it's a right yeah. right to work state. So you can't yeah. win with these giant corporations. No. And so you have, yeah. you have to side with workers' rights. I mean, it's the only way to go is you have to side with workers' rights. And I'm so frustrated with Democrats who won't take a hard stance on that. Yeah. 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 Well, there's just, yeah. you know, you just like you have to distinguish between being supportive of the Second Amendment and being supportive of the NRA. You mm. have to distinguish when you're being supportive of labor and not necessarily supportive of unions. And Sometimes I don't think a union boss he, is just a boss. <laughs> they, and, and, the, and they don't understand, like, it is so political mm -hmm. and they're yeah. getting whatever their quid pro quo is from their representative and that's not trickling down to rank right. and file right like we it's just not yeah. so we have to get through gatekeepers and that's so i was thinking if we do like a nice series one it'll educate people on labor issues and you know two i think it'll you know it'll allow us to get more familiar with rank and file and meet more people because we're certainly not going to get it you know through standard channels you mentioned uh you know you mentioned earlier it was like we want to support you, but we're going to go with the establishment person. And I feel like that's just, not just with unions, but like, um, just almost, you know, just media outlets or this or that. Yeah. The, People are, are worried about day, challenging power. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no we, I, I hate this. I hate saying grow a pair, but grow a pair. <laughs> you know, Thomas, uh, do you want to have, uh, do you have anything to add? I was going to say, I, I grew up in the UK, so the right-to-work laws uh, that I'm sort of experiencing right now here is, in, it's just incredible how this is how this is something that is uh, in place. Um, it's, uh, you don't have that in the UK, 
um, they have they have employment laws that are you know completely different to to wow. right to work. I think the idea of just being able to fire someone just for you know just for anything yeah. or like free like that... free you have you have free is it free strikes here? Like if you do something uh -huh. three times, you're out. Like yeah, you don't. Criminal. That's the criminal justice system. Yeah, I mean, private yeah. employers, you can fire someone. And the thing is, even when you're not supposed to fire someone for a particular reason, you could still do that yeah. and find some legitimate reason. I mean, we all know that. That's not, you know, that's not yeah, hard. That's what, that's what I said, because I, I remember reading the story about Starbucks. Um, they were trying to unionize at an airport. And uh, the guy, the guy who's trying to unionize, got fired. Basically, they got him on taking too many water breaks. That's what he got. Well, this got is fired. what happened with the Amazon with Chris Smalls. Chris with, Smalls, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. actually he's coming on this week, so he's going to be on our show oh, this week. Oh, I think check it out. I want to say he's Monday, and then we have um, <clears throat> the woman who is running for Senate. I think her name's Erica Smith on Thursday. I think, does that sound right? Is there a woman named Erica Smith? I'm like, my brain I don't is know. Right. I don't know that name. Okay. But that, that could be, yeah. So Chris Smalls is coming on, but that's the same thing. So Amazon, you're getting that same reprisal just for the concept of trying to unionize. Yeah. And I mean, I almost feel like they're just pushing further and further for a general strike. Like if I, if I walked outside of my house and people were erecting a guillotine, I would, I would maybe reconsider some of my sort of like positions on stuff. I would maybe start to think nobody's untouchable. Maybe I ought not, you know, be such a douche. Mm -hmm. um, but yet that doesn't, it's just, they can't have enough. Like, just like, it's no. like a capitalist succubus, right? Like it just oh. can't stop. It just can't stop feeding. Right. Yeah. That's what it's there for. I, yeah. You know. um, so, oh, go ahead, Thomas. No, I was going to say, so in the UK, you have to have a justifiable cause to fire somebody. Like, you have to, you have to go through, like, there's, there's multitudes. I, me I remember my, I remember my, uh, my dad used to, used to work at a construction company and he was a sort of a um, project manager. And in order to, in order for someone to be dismissed, it, it takes, it sometimes takes six months dismiss somebody because you've got to build a case you've got what? to actually have a legit you got to actually have a legitimate reason to fire somebody right, and i think you know because you have right. rights yeah i mean i don't know how for how long because because of brexit now um we're that gonna move away ridiculous. but i mean it's but that's it's, how yeah. it's supposed to be it's, yeah it's meant to be like well that. yeah that's why yeah. I, I know i said that is ridiculous but i mean it's ridiculous that we don't have that yeah well, and not that I one of the things is that. you know the uh, it, unions often uh, like I, so as a teacher I was a teacher for almost 20 years um, uh. and out there in the non-unionized world there's this idea that unions are there to protect bad workers like oh well the union mm -hmm. is there to protect bad teachers yeah. and, and I said no bad teachers get fired they just have to go through process they have to have due process mm -hmm. you yeah. can't just arbitrarily say you're a bad teacher and fire somebody you have to document yeah. and a lot of times the administrators don't want to do the paperwork required and so they will let bad teachers because god knows i've worked with a few they will god let bad teachers continue to be bad teachers because it is an arduous process but the reality is it should be an arduous process yeah it should yeah. do the paperwork mm -hmm. You should give bad teachers opportunities to improve. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. that's yeah. all part of it. Here's I'm how not a big do. fan of tenure and the idea of tenure <laughs> for primary tenure. schools. I'm not a real big fan of it anyway, but like we have down here, 
and now granted Florida, I think is 48th in education. So we're, Ooh. we have a low bar. Um, but so like our, we all have teachers that they look like they're a hundred years old, basically falling asleep at their desk and they can't fire them. So that's not good either. Right. Like, right. so, so there, there has to be, um, a way, and this comes to the idea of like, well, workers should determine their own sort of system. So this would be collectively teachers would decide, you know, how, what is our standard? What is acceptable? But there have been cases of teachers that just based on tenure alone, just get to sit there for, you know, no term limits, you know, and we, it's the same college. problem. Yeah. <laughs> I was like at Mount San Antonio College, so Jen, a lot of them. The one thing I really wanted to, because we were we were thinking about what do we ask Jen here. Um, the the one thing that I really, because I feel like you and I are probably very much on the same page with this, is how following this force the vote. Um, mm -hmm. There is still a lot of you know sniping between different groups. I look at the guests that you have on, and. I think I think you probably feel like you're caught in the middle and trying to bring people together because we have to have solidarity to move forward. Yeah. I'm the same way. I never took a hard line position. I was like, force the vote would be great. I if they did it, I would be mm -hmm. behind them all the way. But I completely understand why they won't and yeah. how power in politics works. And you're asking these people to kind of hang themselves out to dry uh, mm -hmm. when they're in a very vulnerable position, and so understanding how critical medicare for all is you understand the like like the background of why people wanted to force this so hard and have these reps stand up with us i never thought it was going to happen and i said all the time we have got to get beyond this without cutting each other's throats that yeah. is the thing that is of most concern to me is that beyond this we figure out a way to move forward in solidarity because we are never going to defeat the oligarchy otherwise mm -hmm. so i'd like to get your thoughts on that because you've had some fantastic guests really kind of on both sides of this yeah um you know i think that we can all agree and when we're talking people on on the left that we all know that we need to hold our officials accountable. I think that the, the one unifying thing we all have is anti-corruption, more transparency, getting the money out. So when people are in that category, I consider that my team and really barring somebody from stepping outside of those parameters, I'm not going to like write someone off as a sellout or yell at them or curse them out because they're not doing some strategy that I happen to think and I, me, being someone who is not in their shoes inside those halls and has no idea how things work, um, and I'm going to write them off as a sellout, I think that is shooting ourselves in the foot. I think it's counterproductive. Mm -hmm. Now, if these people started taking corporate money and doing things and having you know, yeah. values that were contrary to what they were saying, then you have to consider, okay, this person yep. is sitting out, yeah. right? Then you so I, and I never loved, look, I always said, I believe you throw enough shit against the wall, something's going to stick. I don't poop on someone else's parade. I'm generally pretty supportive. I think that all strategies should be employed, like unless they're <laughs> violent. I, I'm pretty supportive of any idea. Mm -hmm. I personally never thought that it was an effective thing to do. My thing was, why are we just automatically supporting Nancy Pelosi anyway? These people mm -hmm. have now had two yeah. years to come up with somebody better. So my mm -hmm. issue is, okay, we could sit there and say, let's force the vote. Let's talk about Medicare for all. 
it's not going anywhere. They know it's not going to pass. And I don't think you're going to get an accurate representation of who supports it because people who might not support it might say they will because they know it's not going to pass. So it's kind of like an easy opportunity for people to get like publicity for supporting something that they really wouldn't support. Mm -hmm. As far as I know, everyone who has signed on to Pramila Jaya Paul's bill are the people that support it. Anyone who has not signed on to that does not support it. Like, I think we already know go. that. Um, so it was sort of like, to me, it was just a pissing match. And that's just a waste of our time. And to chew out somebody who's been in there for two years and doesn't isn't in control and not necessarily like should be the anointed leader just because she's on our same team like i don't know give her a break i, I, I just I, I just i think that's unproductive and i still think people need to be held accountable but is she serving her constituents is she representing them to you know what they're wanting because if she is, then she's doing her job. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. to sit there and bitch at her because it wasn't what you wanted the minute you – that's I, just – I felt, I wanna, I felt exactly oh, the ahead, same yeah. way, yeah. I want to go uh, ahead. And half of those people who are, you know, just going on a rant on Twitter have no idea what it is to be someone in Congress, how politics even works. Yeah. And – what they're trying to achieve in a really crappy system and they just yeah. have to play by their rules to get stuff done they don't understand mm -hmm. that they just want medicare for all and think that's going to happen like that it's not and i want that too i want that i would too. love that for ha to happen i mean like that's i mean we all all of us want that but mm -hmm. like you know when you've got people in there that just because they're on your team doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to put their lives on the line and right. just put their whole neck out there for something that mm -hmm. is you're going to lose. I Again, I would say the bigger issue is that why is there nobody else that's capable to be Speaker of the House? And why aren't yeah. we talking yeah. about that? And yeah. to me, you know, the fact that they're all scared, to me, she's just like this bully that just, they're all scared of her and it's weird. And I don't know if it's like, are they, is it like a cult thing? Is it strictly a financial thing? But if it's a financial thing, then that wouldn't apply to people like AOC because she doesn't rely on corporate money. So wh what is it? I, I don't understand. Yeah, I could yeah. address well, the people that yeah. could be was, speaker of the house. Ahead, yeah, I was, I was going to say, I mean, my position from the very start is no one should ever vote for Pelosi, ever. And mm, I exactly. think they should, they should have organized within the two years that he had to put someone up to challenge her, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think there's, there's there's several problems that we have is one of them is that we don't really have like a progressive caucus that votes as a block. Yeah. We don't have like a banded effort to say, right, we're going to vote on all these issues the same way, the same way that mm -hmm. the, the corporators have. And I think uh, the other problem is that, you know, Pelosi is someone who shouldn't, sh I mean, from the time that she was elected as House Speaker till now, mm -hmm. they've lost so many seats, like hundreds of seats, right? I from know. the time that she was elected till yeah. now. So there's no there's no way that you could justify her being House Speaker in this very moment, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just Yet, money. There is no challenge. I know it is, but there's, there's no challenge whatsoever to that. And I think um, you talk about, you know, Pelosi <laughs> lied about George Bush's war crimes. You know, mm -hmm. Pelosi, there's, there's so many things to suggest. Oh. Why why the hell is she there in the first place? It's and I think, frustrating. 
Yeah, and I think uh, I think a lot of people in the left, um, after Bernie's campaign collapsed twice, um, they're they're obviously um, you know they they get they're very impatient. I can understand the impatience because you know people literally don't have healthcare, right? And I think yeah. they're, they're 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 angry, very angry because there's yeah. it almost seems like it's all just collapsed in front of their eyes. Like there's nothing to suggest that things will change anytime soon. And yeah. I think that has put a lot of people on edge uh, <laughs> to a point where they are looking around and going like, who, who's, who's going to get us out of this mess? I, and yeah. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people wanted um, these, the progressives in office to be like the tea party. They wanted them to be completely, uh, unshamedly just you know counteract every single thing the Democrats are doing in office um, and I think that there is there is um, there is a point to be made there whether they should be going down the Tea Party route because ultimately the Republicans did that and you ended up with uh, an administration that was very much like the Tea Party with Trump um, so I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but the yeah. reality is that people are uh, people are desperate, and that's why you're getting these flinging mud at every single person. Yeah. yeah. Because they are very desperate, and there doesn't there seems to be a lack of, um, you know, there's no cohesion or aggressive uh, pursuit in terms of right. We need to we need to redistinguish the difference between the Democrats and us. Because right. right now, people are seeing it and going, doesn't feel like there's a much of a difference right now because everyone seems to be backing Biden as administration. Yeah. When actually we should be looking at Biden and going, Biden is the enemy. I'm sorry, yeah. but this guy, this but guy is the enemy. But you're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed no, to say that. No, I'm not allowed to say that. that. I have Why? To be, as a candidate, I have to be very, very careful about, about yeah. what I say. Um, you know, but I mean, the 100-year the history of the modern left from the Russian Revolution on uh, is is a constant battle between leftists turning on each other instead of maintaining solidarity. Yeah. I mean, really, and and I I'm hoping that the American left can find a way out of this where we are moving forward so in solidarity. You well, know. part of the problem is what we consider progressive. I wanted to say something about what you were saying about the why is there not a progressive caucus? Okay, there is. Yeah. There's over a hundred people in it. Tell me who those people are. And all that you need to do to get in that is pay $4,000. It's $4,000 to get into the progressive caucus. So there's people that are in that, that are absolutely not progressive. Well, I mean, absolutely. I, th th it's just, it's, it's silly. So that is why we can't have nice things. So we're not willing to tell them that they're not in there. They shouldn't be in there. Well, I think they need to form like something else. Call it whatever. You can call it the Hokey yeah. Pokey Club. But it needs mm -hmm. to be the people that actually want to do what we're wanting to do. Because yeah. Mark and Hokey kick out members is not who on our team. To, yeah. yeah, and kick out members who... Who well, they they have started name. to redefine those rules. They, I, I think, promoted I hope so because some that, of those people are not but, on our team. But mm. here's, but here's the thing: you look at the ten people that they said if these ten people stood up and voted, they could yeah. block. Right? This, yeah. this is the forced vote group. I looked at that and I said, there's half of them who would do that. And you know, half that won't. I, and half that won't. There was not a time that I ever thought that Katie Porter or Raul Grijalva uh, were were, were going to vote yeah. against. Um, Nancy Pelosi. It was just mm -hmm. never going to happen. No. You know, and don't I, I mean, get, and Katie, I love Katie Porter. Katie don't Porter has done her. some fantastic, she is like things, amazing. Yeah, but she was never going to vote against 
uh, Pelosi. It just wasn't. That's it just her wasn't state. It's very, it's yeah. way too close to yeah. home. Yep. Not going to do it. Well, Jen, waiting. thank you so much for joining on. Um, you are always welcome on any time, you know. Thank um, you. And Thanks for coming on so close to bedtime. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. It's so late. Um, yeah, no, just people should check out the podcast, Generational Change. Please. Yeah, and, I'll um, vouch for it. Have, having been having been uh, watched a number of shows, uh, I, it, so Jen's good. podcast is fantastic. It's engaging, mm-hmm. um, and and the content is just brilliant. I love Jordan Cheriton being on um, being on there. That was I like David uh, That was an amazing, amazing. David Sirota was great. Yeah, I've had some amazing yeah. people. It's crazy. Really, like, you have. You and have I mean, come on, Nina well. Turner. Oh yeah, man. The link to wow. her channel will be in the description below. Uh, so please go ahead and check her out. All right, everyone, thank you so much for watching another episode of OK Now What? Go ahead and uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe and like and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're watching this on Instagram, go ahead and follow us. We are OK underscore now what? Uh, 21. So go ahead and check us out. And uh, we are the same at name on Twitter and Facebook, so social media is down below. All right, see you next week.